Hi, welcome to the second season of our uh, Liberland in Georgia podcast uh, that is dedicated to the business perspective here in Georgia. Today I invited as a guest Andrew. Thank you so much for coming, Andrew. And uh, he is one of the expats and blockchain fintech uh, people here in the country. We will talk more about it shortly. But first, I would love to thank to the Franklin Club where we are shooting. I would love to thank you guys incredibly for enabling us to make this happen. If you don't know Franklin Club, so they're a liberal think tank dedicated to uh, the political and economic studies um, here in the country. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And let's go. Welcome here, Andrew. Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, first, I would love to ask you, um, what projects are you currently involved in? Okay. I know. It will, okay, maybe this will be long, but <laughs> yeah, it's yours because yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, thank you, uh, and thank you also to uh, Franklin Club. It's my first time here. It's like very amazing to see like a, you know, a, this kind of a club in in the University of Georgia, and it's it's really kind of cool being here, very comfortable. So thank you to the team and to the staff and everyone. Um, yes, yeah, so hi, I'm Andrew Thornhill. I am an American that's been living in Georgia full-time since 2016. Uh, I first came to Georgia in 2007. Uh, I mainly focus on FinTech. So I, when I first came in 2007, I was helping a bank, uh, one of the bigger banks here, get involved in online uh, merchant card, uh, credit card processing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working for an Australian company at the time, and so I, I, I was the only one in the company that spoke Russian, uh, and so I, I, they asked me to fly here. But when I got here, everyone spoke English, so it was very easy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we started a business, and it was actually very, very successful. Uh, and so I kind of inherited the country and came back a lot. So I've been here a lot. I've been here like you know on and off for quite some time, and I have definitely fallen in love with Georgia, and so I'm involved in a lot of projects here. So the country has been very kind to me and I try to invest back into the country a lot and create jobs and bring attention to this neat little uh, country. Um, my main work is in uh, financial technology and in um, specifically blockchain aspects of that. So I'm working with uh, eMoney and uh, MyCoins, the, the largest exchange and digital wallet in the country to pivot them towards becoming a, an actual bank. So we're, we're applying for a digital bank license in the near term. Um, and so I work uh, directly with them. I'm, I'm one of the board members of, uh, of, uh, of the group that owns them. And uh, I have um, other like FinTech type projects in the, in the country. Uh, I also do a lot of, most of, my, most of my income comes from outside of Georgia. Uh, so, uh, and I've never once actually uh, taken one lorry out of any of my Georgian companies. Wow. But, in, but in Georgia, I'm involved with um, uh, sustainable production, let's say. And to me, sustainability is more than just natural foods and natural wine and, and, uh, and, whatnot, and local sourcing. It's, all about, it's also about um, creating a healthy profitability in a space that uh, pays a decent wage, you know, above average wage, uh, to people that are passionate about what they do. So I'm, um, I have a, a cafe in Lower Vera. I'm with a group of people that invested in a, a cafe in Lower Vera that's quite popular, a Bagelin. So people uh, kind of like that, and that's owned by a company called Saidana, and Saidana is a um, natural charcuterie business in Georgia. Um, run by my good friend Nathan, who is very passionate about local sourcing and sustainability. And so we, we, we go through a pig or two a week 
uh, and 100 percent of that pig is, is is used by us or the uh, the the carcass has been uh, given to a bear sanctuary at the end so it's all about making sure that um, we're locally producing we don't use any uh, antibiotics or drugs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I'm invested in uh, a natural wine company run by some women in Amriti called Bias Wine. And again, that's a, just an incredible uh, company of, of, of uh, this young family that's making natural wine, and we're selling it all over the world. So pretty pretty cool. I also have a uh, a brewery in Sabotello um, that's run by a DAO, and so I believe it's the first DAO in Georgia, a decentralized autonomous organization. So we're experimenting with tokenizing uh, corporate assets, mm-hmm. um, and we brew weekly beer that's sold wholesale to the pub Ova, which is uh, owned by the Czech by Czech Fund. All right. And so uh, we make uh, craft beer in a in a small um, uh, volume, but uh, but beautiful, wonderful beer. We actually had our first. Uh, not public brewing, but like our first like company-wide brewing uh, um, yesterday. We started brewing, I think, in early December, late November, early December. Mm. Um, very, very exciting. And again, all natural. Everything is fully natural. Unfortunately, mm. a lot of the ingredients for beer we have to import uh, because Georgia doesn't have that mm. capability. But we are working with groups to grow um, sp- specific hops here in Georgia and whatnot. Uh, and so um, the the we're hopeful that as beer becomes more successful and more popular in Georgia, that many of these ingredients will be grown here. But again, we have only natural ingredients, and it's a very hands-on process. No additives, no nothing, nothing, nothing. We make a, a variety of, of craft beers. But then also, uh, in, with sustainability, I have an accounting company to keep track of some of the different assets that I have in country and, um, um, and to do this in a healthy way. Georgia is a very easy place, and I think you will talk about this, to open yeah. up a business and to set up shop. Um, and it's very, very uh, open for people doing this. And it makes it, you know, there's a lot of uh, processes in place to make this even easier, let's say, than in the U.S. or whatnot. Um, um, but the accounting can be a little bit uh, uh, problematic if you don't speak Georgian, which I don't, unfortunately. Um, and so I started a small uh, accounting company to mm-hmm. manage that which then um, grew quite significantly. And then um, with a colleague bought one of the largest uh, accounting companies here in Georgia for for expats. So we're geared for that. So yeah, pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder about, you know, what to begin with, because this is impressive, like your involvement yeah. in the country is crazy. And what you mentioned, I feel the same. I'm like, I love the country. How can I give back? You know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm That's so important. grateful yeah. for yeah. the opportunities there are here. Just the environment, this friendly, welcoming, warm. I feel like it's very easy to integrate here. Yes, very much so. I'm very happy like, here. Very, very comfortable. I live in a nice part of town. Hmm. I, I have a place that's open for parties, and I have a lot of Georgian friends and, and, and foreign friends, and so I'm very, very comfortable here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the more I travel, the more I understand that this is not like something to take for granted because no, it's. Yeah. I think this is one of the very few countries that is not so multicultural, I would say. But yet, yeah, it's like very welcoming and they're happy for everyone coming. And I remember when I moved in in 2020 and they were like, wow, you were here for a month already you want to stay here this is yeah, so lovely right. they're grateful yeah. for you being Very here happy. yeah this is so nice yeah. in georgia they don't talk about cultural appropriation it's more about cultural like 
use and like display. Mm. And so um, um, in the U.S., so um, I am very, very tiny part Native American, uh, Cherokee. My mom is much closer to this community and whatnot. And so I've never, uh, I've never really explored much of that, to be honest. But if I were to show up at a party with like a you know an Indian headdress on in the U.S., people would like ah they go crazy. Whereas in Georgia, I've often shown up in the national dress to black tie events like in the choka, yeah. which is you know the stylized costume of uh, but formal of yeah. like the ancient Georgian you know warrior. So I, I love it. A sword, you I know, love everything how it incredible. looks like. And uh, and in I'd be nervous. Actually, when I first wore that, I was like a little bit nervous that the Georgians would be like, "Why are you wearing that?" Because in the U.S., that would be a thing. And the mm. U.S. is complicated about that. You know, we have a complicated story about that, and there's reasons behind the different feelings. But in Georgia, they're like, it was so happy. They were like, "Oh my God, you're wearing a choka!" And like they showed me how to like draw the sword properly and lace the boots the right way. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a very different. In fact, it quite funny. I wore it once to an event where the U.S. ambassador was at, and so I had to go through, um, uh, uh, you know, the X-ray machines at the Radisson or at the Biltmore. I can't remember. And I was like, "Oh my God! Like, why am I? Why am I? I'm wearing a sword!" And like, but they're putting the sword through the X-ray, and and the the you know the Marines, the U.S. Marines, were just like, "You can't wear that." And the Georgians are like, uh, "Actually, you can," because there's a rule apparently in Georgia that that national dress, uh, you know, unsharpened. Uh, sword oh. is is allowed to be worn in like these environments, and so it was like, it was, and I was just like, and they're like, well, don't poke anyone. I'm like, okay, I'll be really, really careful with my sword in a formal event. It was really funny. So, right now, Georgia has a great uh, understanding of like how to display culture, and mm. like, you know, one of the hottest areas of the city is downtown in the old town. You know, yeah. in amongst the ruins, you know, and you can you can party and dance and and have fun with your friends and drink some beer and wine. Um, at the meantime, while you're staring up at these like you know things that are you know centuries older than my country, which mm. is crazy. Yeah, it's okay. it's a really unique experience. Yeah. Nice. Uh, like just uh, to add on, how do you feel as let's say like as an American being here? Well, this is one I'm very comfortable, and, and so uh, Americans aren't always liked everywhere that mm. they go, and um, and indeed they're you know loud Americans aren't liked anywhere, but. Uh, but Georgia is a country that is um, has a very strong affinity to the United States. Uh, many people here speak English. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, unfortunately, I don't speak you know Georgian, uh, but all of my staff speaks fluent English. In fact, they usually know English better. They're like, oh, mm. don't you put a indefinite article in front of that? And I was like, uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know? And so uh, yeah, so it's it's um, it's it's a country where uh, being an American is closer to a celebrity than a pariah and, mm. and and that that has certainly made it easier to be yeah, there, so, yeah. Mm. thank you so much for yeah. sharing your honest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feelings um related to what you already mentioned like starting a business here in the country like it's it's proven like it's one of the easiest in the world um how did you feel about it like overall or would you maybe actually uh, provide it in context with the us i think that yeah, could be an yeah. interesting comparison for people to understand well okay so it's my understanding that um that the public service hall which I'm, you probably have talked about on your podcast is this wonderful building that looks like either a rose or a mushroom or something it's, it's just, mushroom <laughs> and it's, just, it's just this incredible place where you can go and like get you know, driver's license or a marriage license or buy a business or sell a business or open a bank account or start a company or register land. Or, it does, I mean, all the things you can do. There. Weddings. 
Weddings also, yeah. yeah. And so I, um, I am quite fortunate. I, I work closely with the National Bank of Georgia and also the Ministry of Economy. And both are right there. So I can literally go from one to the other and like set up a company in between. Like it's just incredible. But one of my, when I first came and I first opened a company in 2000 and I want to say nine or 10, I can't remember, but it was mm. a while ago. One of my Georgian, I went with a Georgian friend and he was like, so he's, you see, we have this, like we ha- like you have in America. And I was like, uh, we don't really have that in America. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so he, t- I don't know if it's true, but he told me that an American um, uh, academic person that was like geared towards like government integration and whatnot mm-hmm. had helped advise on the setup of mm-hmm. that, the flow of that. And so he was like, well, certainly you have this like in Chicago. And I was like, this is maybe what we'd like to have in Chicago, oh. you know? And I'm not going to say this difficult in Chicago, but like, you know, you have to go to different places, different things. And, yeah. And, but here, like, it's all together. And I'm like, this is, this is what an academic person would design hmm. for the best flow with the workflow of like doing all the services in one yeah. uh, but we don't really have something like that in the u.s um and uh and so yeah it's 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 an amazing place it's an absolutely incredible place and so in fact one of the uh, corollary projects that i have mainly in blockchain is is distributing some of those services to the local communities through using blockchain and whatnot and so uh, yeah, so, I mean, basically taking that, which is already amazing, hmm. and making it even a tiny bit better and more accessible to people like in the villages and whatnot. So, yeah, it's pretty easy, pretty incredible. Yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah. I, in fact, I, I was there so much in, the in like, from 2010 to 2013 or so mm. that I knew all the staff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you used to be able, I don't think anymore, but you used to be able to do everything that you do by standing in line, you could actually also do with a cafe that was there. There oh. was a cafe called the Justice or the Just Cafe, oh. and you could get some of the best Ukrainian food in the city, and also just take a ticket and wait, and you'd have lunch. And then they would they had a little like a I don't know like a, a computer on a cart, and they'd come over and they'd be like, Oop, "What do you want to do?" And be like, "Ah, uh, I want to open a company, sell that company, close that company, and my friend wants to get a driver's license." And they're like, "Okay," and they'd like <laughs> do it all right there while yeah. we're having lunch. You know, it was wow. it was I it was crazy. Yeah, wow. but they since COVID they've closed the Just Cafe, mm. and I, I was last in the public service hall a few weeks ago. I don't remember the call. I don't think that it was open, but mm. yeah, hopefully one day it will open up again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, t- today the more and more services are being anyway like online. Online, yeah, absolutely. So that's another mm-hmm. thing. I, yeah. I think this is the core reason why we in Belize have just one building for everything because. Um, you don't, you don't need to go somewhere else. Uh, yeah, most of the yeah. things you can do online. And by the way, I don't know whether you know, but this is actually interesting. So that is the only country, if you have a local residency, you can get a notarius, uh, you can give him like the right to uh, get you the apostille oh, wow. uh, okay. online. I remember I was I was part of an uh, apostille process once that used Skype, a Skype call. Yes, yes, yes. This and, is the uh, thing. But you know, even that was like you know, trying to trying to get an apostille in the U.S. Yeah. That by by only the only thing that I would say that's like my kind of tiny little nitpick thing is that uh, as a foreigner living in Georgia, I have to apostille many documents mm-hmm. when working with foreign documents. Yeah. And, that's um, normal. Well, maybe, but like getting an apostille in the U.S. is a freaking pain in the butt, like big time. Yeah. And it's not super easy, and like it's it's not as it's not as easy to get up a steel in the U.S. as it is to get here. Let's mm. say. And so and that makes sometimes things a bit more difficult. But uh, but but I did not know that. Uh, I believe you fully. That's incredible. I want to tr- I want to try it 
later today somehow maybe <laughs> yeah but exactly yeah. what you mentioned like so that mm. you get it through what's uh sorry uh, via skype so this is exactly the thing yeah, you cannot do yeah. this anywhere else in the world no, come on it's incredible no no of course not yeah 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 now so, you can order a i i have i have ordered multiple apostille documents in the u.s online without being there uh, um at all uh but again for us the apostille is a kind of a complicated document that's like a oh uh, okay a, yeah like uh for example, when you give a power of attorney to someone else to give something on your behalf, mm-hmm. so you have to sign it. Yeah. And this process, like they couldn't notarize it in any other country, but in Georgia they can. Via Skype. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's incredible. The country is yeah. very forward-leaning, and yeah. you know, there's a lot of really amazing, you know, things that are here that are quite mm. progressive in that space. And mm. Yeah. So I'm not at all shocked. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm wondering because you have been cooperating on this like governmental, uh, like with government. Yeah. First, like feel free to share whatever sure, you feel sure. might be interesting. But like uh, maybe from the blockchain perspective, how do you find that the government is like blockchain friendly because the legislation is like very good, and at the same time, I find Georgia pretty innovative. Yes. And yeah. also the banks are like crypto friendly, like you can withdraw. Becoming more friendly, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. you can withdraw, okay, like to, to provide the European perspective in Europe, you will have problems if you withdraw your cash to your regular bank account yeah. from your yeah. uh, crypto exchange. Here, no, it's a normal thing. Yeah, it's relatively normal, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so I... Um, um, I am also the Cardano representative yeah. of the country of Georgia. It's an unpaid volunteer position where mm. I'm pushing like, enterprise level solutions, uh, you know, for Georgia. And so from that, I'm working directly with the um, the wine agency, which is under the Minister of, of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. So we have the first ever in the world uh, third party uh, track and trace. So it's a, a, a project where we can uh, you have a bottle of wine. We started with Bias wine in Emirati actually uh, a couple years ago or a year and a half ago. And uh, now we have a pilot project in Bolisi, mm-hmm. which is where I was this morning. Uh, in fact, I've got a bottle of wine for you, but my assistant is actually, she's actually pinging you right now to try to bring it to you so, <laughs> but, uh, as a gift. So. Uh, but um, um, yeah, so it, we're basically utilizing blockchain to be the anchor uh, database for public database uh, for um, uh, verifying transportation data, logistical data for wine. Mm. And so when you you take a bottle of wine and you have a special uh, sticker on it, you scan it with your phone and it automatically opens up a web page wow. that gives you the story of n- not just that winery, but that actual bottle of wine that you have. Mm. So it's a numbered bottle uh, and you can see, you know, when it was harvested, when the fermentation was, you know, what the certain aspects of the of the wine Puts you in contact with the winery, so you can open a communication directly with them, and um, and and we're we're doing this to protect the appellation, the the Bolnisi appellation. Mm. Uh, so this is step one of a pilot project with the wine agency, um, which Cardano is powering, along with ScanTrust. Um, and next year we're supposed to do Racha and Bolnisi, and then Kaketi, and so we have, it's a multi-year project to eventually cover all uh, more than 100 million bottles of wine. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so and and Georgia not only is the first ever to do this, hmm. um, uh, uh, to ever have any third party track trace, um, but Georgia is the first actual you know government to to engage in it as a enterprise level, um, and they already have a plan to like uh, track all of the wine in Georgia, and so and this is important um, in many ways for. 
fighting um, uh, counterfeit wine, but also for protecting Appalachians that are mm. fined in Georgia. Uh, and the wine agency is fully aware of you know these problems that are out there and whatnot. And so they're actively uh, working for that. So I find, answer your question, it's a long answer, but I find that Georgia is very open for this type of solution if you provide them um, um, like a, a plan, you know? Mm. And so and the plan should also include um, some aspect of funding or access to funding or something that could be sustainable over time. Uh, and so, um, yeah, the, the, I, when I, when I did, I did the first project with, uh, with Bias Wine a, a couple years ago and um, I knew the then Minister of Agriculture, Levon Davidishvili, and he actually asked me to demonstrate this product to him at the Ministry of Agriculture um, uh, over in, I think it's uh, um, Didube area. And um, uh, I went in and I had this whole presentation plan and like I was like a little bit nervous, you know, because like, you know, I wanna, I wanna you know, do these things. And I'm, by the way, I'm unpaid, right? So I have, I have no, you know, it's not like I'm getting some award. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm doing this presentation to the government. And Levon was so intelligent, so smart, that I was, I was three or four minutes into the presentation. He's like, okay, I get it. I'm done. I want it. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, but I've got a whole, you know, video and everything. Yeah. He's like, no, it's okay. I, 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 know what, I know what this is. And he's like, does it work? And I, and I brought a bottle of wine from Bias. And I gave it to, to the ministry as a gift. He scanned it. He's like, yep, this is what I want. He's like, I want to do a pilot project immediately. And so, oh, okay, wow. great, let's do it. So and low bureaucratic. So, and then, but then, like, he, he got uh, moved from Minister of Agriculture to the Ministry of Economy. Ah. So now he's talking about tokenizing more aspects of, of the Georgian, uh, you know, economy, um, and um, and he got to meet uh, Frederick, uh, the CEO of Cardano, in in, in Zurich. Uh, actually, not long after that meeting, he was in Switzerland voting on a. Uh, some carbon credit issue, and then Georgia, there was Minister of Culture, I can't remember, but there was a, there was a Georgian corner in Zurich, and so he was there to open up, a, also to open up a wine shop there, and so he's very, very, very active. Um, and, uh, and so he was all in. And so now I'm bidding on some, some, some bigger projects, let's say, on enterprise level stuff in Georgia. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, very exciting. Again, all uh, voluntary, all, you know, I'm very, very happy to like just help Georgia be better Georgia. And it really makes the country to stand out in the world. I hope I think it does. Absolutely. Because yeah, it's on the map. Yeah. Mm, yeah this is yeah. this is impressive. Like of course the, the culture, the nature, the food, people we all know this because we that's why we are here. Yeah, sure. But yeah. then you yeah. start exploring the layers that are here, like when that you can experience on the everyday basis. And yeah. that that's this is impressive really. Um, do you find any other some kind of like such innovation here? Um, I would say like differences. Yeah, I mean, well, so I, uh, innovation, yes, because you see you see this kind of stuff happening at banks and yeah. you know and at, uh, at larger institutions, and you see willingness of like other ministries that want to like do something, you know, mm. to digitize documents or secure sign things or all this kind of stuff. But also, like, I just see Georgia as being. Uh, unique, you know, and, and different uh, in a good way in this space. And so, w w for example, um, I, I I actually came to Georgia never really drinking alcohol, so it's not something that was really part of me, uh, um, my family, and whatnot. And I had a problem with it when I was much younger, and so I just I kind of just didn't I didn't I just didn't touch it. But as I as I moved to Georgia, 
And I spent time in Russia and in Romania and in, I live in Latvia. Mm. I had an office in Prague for a while. Um, you know, I lived in you know, Australia, all these different places around the world. Yeah. But I just never really got used to like the drinking culture mm. part of it. Um, but when I came to Georgia, I, I had a bit more uh, like free time and more like to spend culturally and whatnot. And so I, I, I started um, dabbling a little bit in this natural wine movement, right? And yeah. so this amber wine, like this idea of like having this the skin is... contact stuff, you know, wow. with the strong tannins. And, and I, I, I liked it a lot, you know, and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And so then, and then a lot of my friends back home in, in the states were like, "Oh wow, you're drinking wine now! Like, I want you next time you come through, I want to show you a bottle of wine." And so, so I I learned how to drink wine in Georgia. Mm. So I go back to the U.S. and I'm like, and my friends are like, "Oh, I want to show you this like big cab, you know, from California." And I tasted it. I was like, "Oh, this is awful! <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible!" You know. And so then I and I give them a bottle, you know, of, of wine from Georgia, and they're like, "Well, this is very different." And so. It's like it's that wine can be so incredibly different and unique mm. that it's 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 you can't even really describe it, right? So like, and and I'm not a wine person, even though I'm active in a winery. Um, um, like I understand the process, but I don't. Yeah. Understand, I, I I can't like tell you the taste, you know, profiles and those kind of things. I'm not that kind of person, but like I know I like bold Georgian you know, quivery wines, mm. and I'm not really crazy about any factory wine anywhere, mm. including Georgia, and I absolutely, uh, you know, don't even have a flavor profile that I, that I appreciate for wines, like, from France and Italy, you know, uh -huh. these things that are, like, not not the deep wines that have an like, incredible culture, but, like, you know, like a, a $10 bottle of wine from, you know, from the store, yeah. I'm just going to be like, oh, it's terrible. I'd rather have a bottle of wine, you know, from... And that some neighbor made, you know, yeah. in, you know, in a quivery in, in Georgia, and so innovation, not so much, but like sticking to like what works and what's natural mm. is is incredible, and then being able to display and advertise or market that difference to the world, I think Georgia is getting pretty good at it, mm. and so it's more about that, right? And so I'm never so with my blockchain project, I don't want to disturb or change how wine is made. I want to impact the way the crazy convoluted ways that wine is sold mm. which is very complicated and the things that separate the winery from the end user right all these all these steps in between mm -hmm. that separate that have separation i'm trying to like close that gap a bit more right? nice. especially when it comes to showing sustainability and actually in the field like processes that uh, you know can be you know demonstrated to an end user that you, but you need more space on a bottle than just what you get. And so using technology to open that up kind of thing. So, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I, I, my impression is that Georgians just do everything with love. They do a lot with love. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, this is like their, I think, added value a lot into everything they do. Yeah. Then, passionate. Yeah. They're, they're, they're passionate drivers, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> A lot, you know, in fact, when I, when I go back to the states and I I I, uh, I see my, my my parents and I I'm taking my mom to somewhere, she's like, "Stop driving like that!" And I'm like, "What am I doing?" She's like, "You're driving like a Georgian." And I'm like, oh, yeah, "Sorry, <laughs> sorry that I honked, you know." <laughs> sorry, it was a bit but, aggressive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, so they Who passionately knows, yeah, knows. They, yeah, they passionately do that. That's yeah. true. It's not. I mean, it's not uncommon. You know, I remember when I first moved here, I'd be at a restaurant, and all of a sudden, Georgians would start singing. You know, like a normal, it's like a normal restaurant, and I'm like, I bring out my phone and I'm taking a video, and my Georgian friends are a little bit embarrassed, you know, like, but like, 
they do everything with passion. You know, it's incredible. Yeah. It's really, really something. Yeah. And so, and that's unique. They don't start singing in a restaurant in mm. the U.S. You know, it's not something that you do. So. Nice. So, yeah. 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 Uh, maybe getting back uh, side to your core kind of focus, fintech. Yeah. Uh, fintech in Georgia. How do you perceive it? Like, especially in the kind of wider perspective. So I think that the uh, so I, I I have a I actually I've, I've lectured um, at the design school, which is inside this uh, camp compound, mm-hmm. and I gave I gave a lecture on something about like um, the like the 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 structure of money, like the the, the structure and value of money, um, and um, um, in that um, I talk about um, what Georgian it's, it's, to, it's to young Georgian kids. And I'll say, hey, what do you think about your, you know, banking in Georgia, and how, how do you rank it, like between one and ten? And especially if you think what banking is like, you know, outside of Georgia, yeah. and most Georgians will be like, oh, you know, I hate the banks here; they're awful. Blah, blah, blah. The, the reality, uh, unfortunately for them, is that the level of banking service here is quite high, mm-hmm. and and the level of technology inside the banks is also quite high. Um, and the, the problem is that you know maybe someone they know got turned down from a loan or they or something something they have they had one bad experience and so they translate that across the sector. But generally speaking, the level of fintech um, um, penetration uh, in terms of like a use case of like tapless payment and total cards per per, per individual. Uh, I'm not talking about abuse of these things, but I'm talking about like understanding how the technology yeah. works by by the average Georgian is is extremely high. Mm. Um, and and compared to the world, it's, it's 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 very high. So it's an easy place to test bed uh, in the sandbox different products that, mm. because Georgians are quick to, for innovation. And the first time I ever ordered a hamburger, you know, from McDonald's online uh, on a from a touchscreen was here in Georgia. You know, mm. and like and, and, it's, and it's I explained to my Georgian friends we don't have this <laughs> in yeah. the US. and they're like wow how is that possible? I'm like well it's because Georgia's a perfect sandbox to, to test and unroll these things because a Georgians are very happy. To try new technology, I see you know grandmas on the street loading up their SIM card, oh, yeah. you know, on like the, these kiosk terminals on the street. Yeah. And I have friends from the states that visit me, and they're like, "What are they doing?" And I'm like, "It's complicated, but like that's a payment terminal, and like grandma <laughs> is loading probably her phone, or she's paying for her grandkids' phone, or something, yeah, you know, that she's doing, and she's just tapping away at it, boop boop boop, and puts in five lari and boop boop boop." <laughs> You know, and my friends are just like, they have absolutely no clue what's going on. Yeah. And so it's like you have to ha- have this understanding that the, the level of technology and access to technology in Georgia is, is quite high. Mm. And Georgia was one of the highest uh, um, miners, let's say, of Bitcoin. Uh, they, they have one of the biggest, you know, um, um, delineation of, of, of non, uh, um, uh, uh, so of, of cryptocurrency mining that's outside of, of Bitcoin. And so, you know, um, um, Ethereum mining and whatnot is, is, is quite high. In so much that the World Bank, even in 2017 or 18, uh, figured that one out of eight, one out of some, you know, seven or eight people in Georgia either were mining or knew someone that was mining. Oh. Whereas <laughs> if I explain, if I try to explain this activity uh, to my family back mm-hmm. in the States, you know, it's like they have a glazed over look. It's not, not because they're dumb. But because they just don't have access to like that kind of level of technology. Mm. So, very long answer. Um, I think fintech, uh, especially now with uh, Georgia adopting uh, European uh, banking accords, you know, and like open banking accords and whatnot, and having buy-in from the you know the pillar banks here 
um, having you know the, the National Bank of Georgia pushing actively into the space. Um, yeah, I think Georgia is very, very active. There's a lot of things I would like to see differently, for sure. Um, but but generally speaking, I think that fintech in Georgia is quite high. Um, um, I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't seen like a true fintech unicorn uh, emerge from Georgia, but I think that's happening. I think that you know that that, yeah. that is also in the space, and so I am a quite active in the startup you know community here in Georgia, and either advising people or investing or doing whatever I can to support um, you know these these, uh, these innovations, and so yeah, I think fintech is a is is an if you're interested in that space. Uh, being in Georgia is not a bad place to be. Mm, yeah, damn! I I never even noticed, but you're right. Like I, I I travel a lot, some at least usual like ten fifteen countries a year, and I travel half of the year from the year. And you're right that you never have you don't have such concentration of like uh, Bitcoin or a Bitcoin ATMs. Mm -hmm. yeah. So many blockchain projects so many it's, it's just everywhere yeah it just surrounds you every day and I, i think that if i would ask random people they would be like yeah there are some bitcoin stuff and there were some miners uh in svanatia and so on and even so, that i mean yeah. e even if they have some of that narrative yeah. not totally accurate they are they're aware of it like they mm. know this is happening they know that Gildani was one of the first places, you know, to, to have, you know, Bitcoin miners. And they know, they've heard the word, you know, they've heard Bitfury, one of the largest corporate miners, you know, in the world. And what, but what sometimes I think Georgians don't understand is that because Bitfury was one of the first in that space, the people that were there in the beginning are now doing amazing things. They're mm. building projects, you know, in, in Iceland and in Canada and the U.S. and they're advising on projects in Georgia and um, and some of the largest wallets and, and, and exchanges in Georgia are owned by people that had direct, direct you know, relations with, with Bitfury or more. Um, you know, these are people that were successful in that space mm. and they have broadcast that success to the world and the world was very eager to have them come in. And so Georgians, you know, have designed, uh, you know, uh, mining centers and, and data centers all over the world because mm. they're good at it, because they have a huge experience with this. The first ever immersion cooling system, um, you know, for mining that uh -huh. has like cool down or using a liquid, even though the liquid was designed in the U.S. at 3M, the first ever use case of that for mining was in Georgia. Wow. Yeah. And That's so, impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, it's extremely impressive. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, um, um, you know, and so there's, there's a lot of energy and a lot of things happening in that space even now with obviously when bitcoin was you know shooting to the roof and price you know everyone everyone in the world wanted to know what it was but but even now with bitcoin you know hovering you know whatever you know prices like and even though the price of electricity has increased in georgia to yeah. make standard mining um in you know not super feasible there's still a lot of interest in that space and a lot of people that are looking at that hmm. and so uh you know blockchain and, and, and of course blockchain is a subset of that right um where i'm much more concerned about the use case of like public blockchain and a little bit less concerned about like cryptocurrency and prices like hmm. but but you utilizing blockchain to make people's lives better more transparent more easy um like you have people here in georgia that are actively leaning into that kind of technology and that's amazing it's incredible amazing Thank you so much for your inspiring yeah, and yeah, insightful sure, yeah. Yeah. discussion. Amazing. Thank you so much. I think that's it for today. Cool. I think I'll, I'll have to invite you again in the future. <laughs> <laughs>
because sorry, I, I start talking. And you're like, ah, I, 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 I talk that, too much. Please so. don't be sorry. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the video. Absolutely. Uh, please, if you have any questions or whatever, uh, the discussions uh, can is open in the comment section below, or you can add uh, or connect to Andrew on LinkedIn. Maybe you'll give my give my my LinkedIn out or something. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I will yeah, link feel it. free. Feel free to yeah. reach out for sure. I'd be happy to talk with you. Thank you so much. And that's it.